Glory. Glory. Amen and amen. Hey, I'm Ailish, and this is Jezebel and Friends, where my friend Helen and I are going to share some of our stories from Catholic school. Hey, I'm Helen, and to give you some context, we attended a K through 8th grade Catholic school and then an all-girls Catholic high school. This episode will be about math teachers, and it all started on TikTok when Ailish went on a rant about our Catholic school math teachers. I just remembered something else about Catholic school. I'll start general, and then I'll narrow in on specific stories, but this might be a situation where I have to do multiple parts. Not that anybody is asking for like a part two, part three. I just need to get this off my chest. So it seems that in my Catholic school career, I had a lot of problems with math teachers. And I mean, I had like a general problem with math at times because I just like didn't get it. It deeply resonated with me, so we decided to lay everything out here in this episode. And we're going to use code names because we're good people. Also, the show does contain some dark themes such as a priest saying a homophobic slur, sexual harassment, and honestly, all of the triggering aspects of the Catholic experience. So let's just get started with Miss Punis. Miss Punis. (laughs) She was like, what would you consider it? Junior high? Middle school. Middle school, yeah. Middle school math teacher. And we had her for two years. And she was like newer. Like the first year we had her, it was like her first year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I thought she was a good math teacher. She was just like emotionally unstable. (laughs) We were so, anytime there was a new teacher, we were so optimistic that they would actually treat us well. (laughs) (laughs) Which was like kind of ignorant of us considering that was never the case. (laughs) It wasn't. I don't think Catholic school teachers need an, a degree in education. No, I don't think they do either. They just have to be Catholic. <laughs> That's the prereq. And she was very Catholic yeah, and very, very holy. Catholic. And so was her family, which we'll get to later on. <laughs> yeah, because they play a part in this also. A village scandal, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I think when we had her the first year i really liked her and we actually got along and i mentioned this in the tiktok like the first year that i had her because i had her for two years um i really liked her i loved the way she presented the material i was like i love her she's my favorite teacher i want her to be my homeroom teacher next year so then i got her as a homeroom teacher and she just decides i am not it like i am not the one which made no sense because the year before, like, we were absolutely vibing. But I guess she just, like, didn't like me. I think I was going a little bit um for, like, the class clown route. Not that I'm saying I was funny. I was just trying to be. It was, like, tragic. And that's when things just went downhill. Like, the relationship completely changed. She didn't like me. Um, and she would try to make an example out of me at times it was just like embarrassing so I felt like she was a bully and then when my sister had her it was like never confirmed that she didn't like me like she was never like oh like you're a bad kid but then when my sister had her 
she was like, are we going to have the same problems that we had with your sister? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, we didn't have problems, but I guess I didn't know that. Mind you, I was like 11. Like, what problems could I really have been causing? But, okay, there's one story that came to my mind when I was looking through our notes yeah. that is the report card story. So she... There was something about Catholic school where they would dangle things in front of you that would, I don't even know how to explain this, that it would be like a status thing. It's like you wanted to get a certain GPA, you wanted to get all A's, even though like the curriculum was like shit and like the teaching was trash. They were like, you have to get all A's, but we're going to make it nearly impossible for that to happen, is... I really wanted to get on honor roll. So I remember in sixth grade, that's when they sort of introduced this idea of honor roll. And it was a big prestigious thing. And I struggled in some subjects. Um, so I wanted to be on honor roll like everybody else. And she knew that I did because I would have like meetings with her about it just to like go over my grades and stuff. And she did this weird thing where she was passing out report cards one day before we were leaving like do you remember when they would pass them out and if you were on honor roll you would get a certificate i had just made the cutoff to be on honor roll like i was maybe like 0 0.02 points away from like not being on it and she did this weird thing where she almost made me like as she was about to hand it to me she almost made me like beg for it and i was like this is just sad that i even felt like i had to do that but i mean that's another situation that's like so uniquely catholic yeah that's so disturbing and just like someone having a power trip yeah sometimes the priest would come in and go over our report cards with us yeah i remember that and it take each kid individually and go down like he wouldn't say anything well he would like say a couple things but he would just, like, go down the list of your grades with his finger. And for me, if there was one, like, lower grade, he would just, like, hover over it. <laughs> He'd be like, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> he was like, shame. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But was that every year? No. They would, like, surprise us with it. <laughs> <laughs> the worst surprise, too. Um, yeah, well, that's weird. so... Now, let's get into the scandal about this teacher. Which I think you know the most about it. Like, you've told me the most about this. I know a lot about it. In order to understand this story, you need to know about this priest from our church named... <laughs> <laughs> should we say it at the same time? Tiny Tim! <laughs> so, when Father Tiny Tim came to our school... Father Tiny Tim. He seemed nice enough, very weird though, and one example of how he was really just strange was he, so in Catholic school, you, you go to mass every week as like a class subject, and so like for me, like I would go to church during the week with my class and on Sundays with my family, which- Massive waste of time. Was a massive waste <laughs> of time, and I also had so much anxiety 
being in mass. Like, I don't know if you felt that way. I just never knew what was going on. I never knew what like, was going on. if someone was like, what's the difference between a sermon and a homily? I still could not tell you. I think they're the same thing. Well, do you remember when sometimes we would come back from class, even in like eighth grade, and they would be like, they'd try to like make sure we were paying attention. Yeah. So they would be like, what was the homily about? And I was like, what's a homily? <laughs> anyway, keep going. So when there was, like, a group of, like, fifth graders, I want to say, in mass during one of the weekdays, Father Tiny Tim comes in, and <laughs> obviously this is his code name, so I'm going to need to work his code name into this, and he just goes, Father Tiny Tim is ugly. Father Tiny Tim is stupid. He was, like, hurling these, like, mundane insults at himself, and then he goes, Father Tiny Tim is a f word that is the slur for gay people he said this to like a bunch of kids father tiny tim is an f and obviously everyone was dead silent and then he just goes not one of you defended me like even though we've been ingrained to be like you don't talk during church (laughs) right so that was just like a bizarre story that kind of depicts how weird he was it was around that time he lost a massive amount of weight, like pr- over a hundred pounds, and it was fast too. Really fast. He looked completely different, and he was super open about his journey. And he would always make jokes like, "I owe it all to JC," and so people thought that meant Jesus Christ. And then he'd be like, "Jenny Craig," <laughs> and it was like his go-to joke for years. Um. So we heard a lot of homilies about that. (laughs) And then a couple months or weeks later, (laughs) he leaves the priesthood to get married. And the person he's getting married to is Miss Punis's daughter. So this is why we're telling you about Father Tiny Tim in the Math Teacher series. And um, I remember a couple of years ago, I went to Christmas Eve Mass with my family, and they were all there as a family. Miss Punis, her daughter, Tiny Tim. They don't usually go there, um, but... <laughs> Tiny Tim. <laughs> I wonder why they went. To show off. <laughs> so we actually found... There's, like, multiple news articles about him. Which I didn't even know that there were news articles about it. Before we go into finding the best parts of this article, I just want to say that even though his situation is really funny, I think it's good that he left the church and sure. like was just like honest with himself about what he wanted rather than like suppressing it and having Catholic guilt that yeah. we all have. <laughs> he needed to get his nut. <laughs> He seriously did, which is completely normal and natural. And healthy. Yeah. Okay, so in this article about him leaving, one of his quotes is, (laughs) To stay and bear and grunt it out, I think would be unfair to God, Tiny Tim said (laughs) during a recent interview at his childhood home. It would be unfair to the people of God and it would be unfair to me. Perhaps God just wanted me to be a priest for six years. It's odd. It's weird. It's mysterious. That's our God. Our God is an awesome God. (laughs) His decision has sent a ripple through the Oak Park congregation. These words. Ripple. 
Oh my God. Where many parishioners bemoan the Catholic Church's <laughs> celibacy requirement and the scarcity of men who want to become priests. I don't think he got the invitation to the orgy that the other priests were at. <laughs> yeah, you kind of had to like show your loyalty to get into those. <laughs> you have to be a dumpster to make it in the rectory. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, there's a hierarchy. And if you don't figure out where you stand in that, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to the next bitch? The wildebeest. <laughs> the wildebeest. Fast forward to eighth grade. I end up having this horrific wildebeest of a woman. This is the woman who um directed the play, and she was just evil. Literally the most evil person I've ever met in my life. Anyone who is like, oh my god, she's my favorite teacher. I'm like, yeah, you need help. This one, there's like a lot to unpack because the more I think about it, <laughs> she just had so many like problems yeah. that she would like put on or take out on other people. Other people meaning children, right. which is just like a standard issue in Catholic school because um, we're like helpless and easily molded because we're in like <laughs> the critical years of our brain development. <laughs> her issue was that she had overstayed her welcome like way too long as a teacher should have retired years like earlier, but just didn't. So the year that we had her in eighth grade was her last year and she was letting everybody know it was her last year but one thing about her that I would say was one of the main roots of her problem was that she favored kids who had older siblings that she had as students in the past and she would just like make it known who she did and didn't like and you and I both had situations with her that were just so, like, inappropriate and unkind. And, like, emotionally abusive. Yeah. Like, I didn't know how to articulate, yeah. like, what she was doing to me because I'll just start with my problem. And there were, like, a lot. But this one was, like, extremely problematic to the rest of my life. Like, no joke. So... Um, at our school, like, we weren't allowed to wear makeup, and I started, like, thinking that I, like, looked hideous without makeup. It's honestly, like, still a problem. So I would always try to wear a little bit of mascara every day, and that, and I would get in trouble for that. So she pulled me aside one day and told, basically told me that I was at risk for being recruited into prostitution. And it was, like, somehow um, aligned with me, like, getting in trouble for wearing makeup, which is just so, so messed up. Um, like, first of all, I was wearing makeup, you know, as a coping skill. Like, something you have control over that can try to make you feel better. And I wasn't at risk for being recruited into prostitution. Like, that it's was never so going to happen. <laughs> also, we're, like, 13, 14 years old. That's, like, a normal time to experiment with, like, how you present yourself and, like, how you experiment with makeup and, like, I just... Yeah. Ridiculous. That's, like, a such a horrible thing to say because basically you're slut-shaming someone who hasn't done anything, who's 13 or 14, and 
um, you know, at the time, like, I was starting to, like, experience sexual harassment from grown men. And those two things combined, like, the harassment I was experiencing, like, at this point, it was in the tennis community. Like, it was from my tennis instructor. But I was already dealing with that. And then to have a teacher tell me that I'm at risk for being becoming a prostitute, I didn't tell a single person about this for over 10 years because at the time I thought I was in trouble because like she pulled me aside like that's what happens when you get in trouble and I knew it made me feel terrible but I didn't want to risk telling my parents about it because like what if they took her side and like basically I thought I was in trouble or that I was going to get in trouble and this just like ingrained in me like so much sexual shame for just like the sexuality that exists from like being a human being like I felt ashamed of that it was just like an abuse of power too like like how I don't know I feel like we were told like if and and like adults are supposed to be safe like adults like guide you they like don't have any poor intentions which I don't think at the end of the day I don't think anybody had like evil evil intentions but they did abuse their power as like adults that were we were told we're supposed to like guide us and it's like if someone's pulling you aside you're like oh like they're protecting me but it's like to go completely rogue like that and not have someone who's like a guidance counselor or something being involved in how you present that information to a child that's not going to be received correctly and also like that's not appropriate to be like oh i'm gonna tell this kid that she's at risk for prostitution because she's wearing eyeliner or like not even eyeliner yeah Yeah. not even eyeliner like a tiny bit of mascara or it would have been more appropriate for her to have a conversation with if she was really concerned about your makeup talking to your parents about it and being like makeup is against the dress code right you don't have to make it about something that's not even there like that's not that wasn't even there yeah in It was presented in a way like I'm concerned about you, but it was more so just like making a dig, like an just insulting me for being honestly for being a victim. Mm -hmm. Like the way I look at it now, like she was literally an old decrepit hag in the Catholic school system. And like she was a victim of the same system that she was like perpetuating on to me but like and so that does make me feel sad that like she was trapped in that for her entire life and like imagine how bad she felt about herself how much sexual shame she was carrying to like put that on you to put that on me but obviously it's just so disgusting and it kind of played like a part in like grooming me to like be a victim in situations later on because I just felt like I was constantly doing something dirty sexual all those things so then like when inappropriate things happened later on I just didn't know what to do with that because I felt like I couldn't trust my own instincts because the messages around it were so confusing Well, I think situations like that also inadvertently set you up to feel like at the end of the day, those things are your fault. And like as a kid, it's just 
It's never. It's never your fault. fault. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, you don't know what's, like, going on. But for her to, like, take something as innocent as experimenting with makeup and tie it to... Sex. Sex and just, like, something just that you shouldn't even be worrying about. Like... I don't know. It's just, it's just, it was like weird, just weird. Like, why are we talking about this right now? Right. It's horrible. And like, at this point, I had had like one two second kiss with a sixth grader when I was in seventh grade. (laughs) The scandal. It was another scandal. (laughs) And like, that was like the extent of my like sexually debaucherous life <laughs> that she was so concerned about. Yeah. Um so anyways, that was totally unforgivable and if she was still working, I would out her, name her, try to get her fired, but at this point she's old and will uh, die soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> So time heals a lot of things. Yeah. It has a way of taking care of (laughs) annoying people. Yeah. Um, But clearly we're still talking about it. And I will continue talking about her, like, for the rest of my life. Um, My situations with her were equally, I would say equally as dark. Because I always struggled with math. Like, Mm -hmm. I always had some issues with it, but I did like it. And she was one of the math teachers in, like, for eighth grade, but there were two classes. There was, like, sort of, like, the basic level math that, like, was supposed to go a little bit, like, slower and step by step. And then there was a slightly more advanced one. And I honestly thought I was going to get into the advanced one because even though sometimes I would score lower, like, I would still do my homework. I do well on homework and quizzes and tests. Um... And I got placed into, like, the more basic one. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to be here. I would always do my homework, score perfectly on homework, quizzes, and tests. Like, my average in the class was so high. And there was one other person in the class with me who had the same scores. And we would talk about how confusing it was that we weren't moved into the higher math class. Like, we, we were scoring higher than, like, anyone So I, like, told my mom about this, and she was like, well, why don't you ask her if you can move up? Like, she sees your grades. So I asked her, like, can I move into the higher math class? Also because I like that teacher more. She was just, like, funnier and nicer and cooler. And she verbatim said to me, you can't go into that math class because you're not smart enough. And I'm like, even if that were the case, I'm 14 years old, 13, can you just say it a different way? Like, she had no tact. She was so impulsive. She was just rude. Like, just, like, not a great person to be around children, honestly. Like, and that made me feel really shitty because I lacked a lot of confidence in subjects that I struggled with, specifically math. And that just... It didn't affect my grades, but it, like, made me feel like I couldn't do it. And then once I got more into high school and had better math teachers who just weren't, like, mentally <laughs> mentally insane, like, I realized that, like, I could do it. But it's it's situations like that where it's, like, she was putting 
me into a bubble the same way she's putting you into a bubble by making something about something else and it just sticking with you and you internalizing it and feeling bad about it and not sort of having like the context and life experience to separate it and be like she's sick in the head (laughs) And, (laughs) and she's taking it out on me and to make matters worse there were kids like so she just like didn't like us whatever but there were kids who had older siblings that she had as students in the past and they could do no wrong. Like there was one student who wouldn't come to school a lot, was always out, had pretty just like lax parents, I guess, and (laughs) wouldn't do homework. Obviously did terribly on quizzes and tests because they were never in class. And she was obsessed with this student. She was like, thought that they were so funny, like, Basically the same way like someone's aunt. Like it's almost seemed like familial. It was just weird. She treated that student like they were her little baby. Yeah. And it was always like, oh, you're so funny, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is weird. This is like seriously so strange. So Wilda had issues. Um, I would take any opportunity to just sabotage anything she cared about. Like the eighth grade play choir which there is a story about choir i remember do you remember when i fell down that hill and i oh like fucked up my foot yes. okay so before school i was being a class clown again and i <laughs> fell down the hill and i seriously like my foot was so swollen helen carried me helen you and claudia carried me to the office because i couldn't walk she happened to be down there when that happened and i was like in so much pain and she looks at my foot and she goes it's not that bad. And I was like, you would say that, but whatever. So that I was on crutches and like a boot. Mm -hmm. She did our choir. Like she ran lunch choir and that was, we were supposed to perform as a choir at our confirmation mass. I knew it was going to be tricky to get me like up there to do choir in a boot, but one other teacher another eighth grade teacher she was like she knew I wanted to be in choir for Mm -hmm. that so she was like I'll like walk you up there like I'll coordinate it'll be fine I already talked to Wilda like (laughs) we're gonna figure it out I was like cool so I hobble up there on crutches in my boot and that teacher who told me she was gonna like help me she like brought me up there and Wilda like turned me away she was like we don't have time for this and I was like I almost started crying because, like, I wanted to, like, be in choir with everyone. And she just, like, turned me away. And my mom was, like, that fucking bitch. Like, honestly, it was just shit like that where it was so petty. And she was so unreliable and just a problem. Talk about the play. (laughs) Okay, so she directed the eighth grade play, which we had no choice in that. Like, it was the type of thing where every eighth grader was doing the play, but only a handful would be main characters and would have to sing and have main parts. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I didn't give a shit about that. My audition was trash, intentionally. And I had, like, two lines. And it meant the world to her that everybody show up to play practice, which we would also have play practice during the school day when we could have been, like, learning actual things. <laughs> we were, like, run, like doing, like, square dancing or something. Yeah. So she felt so passionate about people coming to play practice. So I was like, oh, 
you want us to come to play practice? Like, I'm not coming. Um, so I would skip. I think I went to, like, in total four play practices, and I was like, this is not necessary. Like, I have two lines. And she would get pissed about it when people didn't have a real excuse to not come to play practice, which I never had an excuse. I would just go home. And then the night of the play, I had two lines, and I just, like, didn't say them. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Now that we're talking about these situations, and, like, I knew that she and other teachers would target you about certain things related to, like, your appearance or, like, makeup, but I was under the impression that she liked you, and I didn't know that all of those, like, mind game things were going on. Yeah, I didn't tell anyone because like it really hurt so that's why I didn't tell anyone I just kind of wanted to like pretend like that wasn't true um like I wish I had told people because then they could have shared a different perspective with me but like in no world like was I gonna like tell anyone um but the other thing about it was sometimes I thought she liked me too yeah and like my parents had no idea that I had a problem with this teacher because I had a way worse problem with another teacher who, like, tried to turn my parents against me, basically, and they briefly fell for it. She never knew my name, and I had her for two years. Oh, my God. She never knew my name. And I'm like, that's actually fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably best at that point. So Wilda had surgery, <laughs> and um, my mom like made her a meal so I went with my mom to deliver it and she Wilda was so nice to me in front of my mom she was so nice that I almost like loved her for a second so fake it's really manipulative that's all my mom saw so of course she thought she's so nice she's so relatable because mainly my mom was always trying to relate to these weird ass teachers so if there was one that showed like a semblance of normalcy my mom would like want to be their best friend she was with miss punis she still is i remember that um that's a huge issue i had (laughs) (laughs) so anyways i think we can go on to high school now yeah so freshman year we were together were we in the same class though because i don't remember you being in the same no i don't i think we we had different periods we had different periods but we're we were in summer school together right Yes. Yeah. This teacher's name was Miss Chowder. <laughs> I don't know what it was. She just like was kind of really just bad at her job. And she would complain all the time. She didn't brush her teeth. She smelled really, 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 really bad. <laughs> oh my God. It was so bad. It was like a sour smell. This math teacher was insane. She took everything personally. Like I said, I had issues with math, so I didn't understand what was going on half the time. I would show up to like any office hours for extra help, and she just like wasn't willing to work with my learning style, whatever that was. And it would result in me just getting really worked up about math, not knowing what to do, and just. Like, my anxiety was off the charts about it, Um, and it was just bad. I hated her, and she hated me, and it got to the point where, like, we would bump heads so much, like, in class that I had to have meetings with her, the guidance counselor, and my mom to be like, let's try to figure this out, and we never figured it out. I just had to, like, finish out the class and be done with her. Yeah. 
painfully. Um, she was gross. She, she was grotesque. Like, everything about her, like, her hygiene was terrible. Her hair was, like, always super greasy. Oh my God. She smelled horrible. She, like, looked like a witch. Yes. Honestly. She looked like a witch because her hair, teeth, and nails were yellow. And, like, her skin didn't look okay either. The smell, <laughs> it was, like, a sour smell. And it's, like, you know how sometimes when a smell is so prevalent, it's not even strong, it's just so prevalent that you can, like, taste it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, going back to, like, because I remember I would hold my breath when she came around. I would hold my breath when I would have to go to her for math problem we'd both be hovering over the worksheet and i was like god i'm gonna yak this is disgusting to be honest i don't remember having like many one-on-one interactions with her also (laughs) during this time period that i went away to a mental (laughs) hospital which i should have been and alish was one bad day away (laughs) from going there too it's so true so I think maybe she had a feeling I was, like, struggling and just more or less left me alone. It's weird. I don't remember, like, that many interactions between the two of us, which I'm extremely grateful for. But I do remember two times where, like, her true colors really showed. Actually, three. So one time this girl brought in, like, a bottle of Sprite from lunch and had it on her desk. And she just picked it up and threw it in the trash. And it was, like, full. It's and like, just, why? Just, like, tell her to put it away or whatever. Because, actually, at that school, in the beginning, we weren't even allowed to carry around water bottles. Because people had brought alcohol, like, to school. <laughs> I can't imagine being drunk in that school. It'd it was terrifying. so unstable on its own that adding another substance into the mix, like, would not have been good. No. <laughs> then, I remember her giving... um. It was always a girl of color a hard time about their hairstyle and sending them to the dean because their hair was either not a, quote, natural color or it was too distracting, like, really horrible It's like, can we just focus? Like, class is, like, an hour. Can we just get through the last? Like, how is someone's hair or Sprite bottle related to algebra at all? Right. Like, what? Okay. There's a, there's something I need to add to that. On top of the fact that she's throwing away people's, like, belongings and criticizing their hairstyles, the thing that was so prevalent in that school was, like, people just carrying around the most unnecessary accessories. So, if a, a Sprite bottle or hair was a problem, you know, I think the Louis Vuitton handbags were also a huge problem. Like, I just... It, they would just pick and choose, like, what was an issue. The the straw that broke the camel's back for me, even as a 14-year-old who had just gotten out of an asylum <laughs> and was barely present, she, t- com- she was absent for, like, a couple days. And she comes back and takes the entire class period. We were on a block schedule, so there are classes for, like, two hours each. She told us for, like, the entire class period, we talked about how... The reason she wasn't in school was because her son's girlfriend had pressed domestic violence charges against him, but how the girlfriend, in her opinion, was totally crazy mm-hmm. and um, just, like, it was all bullshit and that her son was, like, perfect. And I just couldn't 
believe it. I had never had any education on domestic violence or anything, but I just, something inside of me was like, yeah, this lady is not understanding the full story. It's also like, I feel like, aside from the fact that that is overall just so inappropriate to tell a class about and take up a whole class period about, is that another selling point of that school was like, female empowerment and if you're going to talk about a domestic violence situation and be like the girl is crazy sorry what like that's so hypocritical yeah and also just like there's no place for that also she doesn't know what situations anyone in that class came from totally and it's just it was just like there basically there were no regulations in catholic school like aside from the fact that you didn't have to have any type of education (laughs) on how to educate people in catholic school you also could just do whatever the fuck you wanted as a teacher which is damaging (laughs) to people whose brains are developing um she was obsessed with eating panda express and dunkin donuts which I, too, love those things. I, too, love them. But she, like, made it her entire personality trait. Um, and we all paid the price. From a smell standpoint, she reeked. She would just always come in with Dunkin' Donuts, and her breath smelled god-awful, like coffee and just, like, God knows what else. She never didn't brush her teeth in the morning. But she would always talk about Panda Express, and I'm like, I don't care. I also hadn't, like, had... (laughs) Panda Express at that point, because, like... Because our parents were, were leading a, a healthy food club. Yeah, they were on a health crusade. Um, so we didn't know what those foods were. <laughs> I mean, let's just go out with a bang on Big I feel like we need a different name for her, because she is dead. I mean, do you want to start off on her? I feel like you have, like, a slightly different opinion on her and more compassion for her disgustingness she was just nice to me because my parents were giving tons of money to the school (laughs) yeah and my parents like didn't give a dime um and actually i remember she called me um when i was in the mental hospital (laughs) i was so embarrassed i would if i were working at that hospital i would not have patched that phone call through to you (laughs) um she actually called me, and it was the night of the school's homecoming. Oh, my God. I vividly remember that night. Did you go? Freshman homecoming. My mom made me. Oh, my God. She forced me to go, and I stood by the bleachers and just waited an hour and then left. Oh, my God. I can't believe you went. We've never talked about I this. I know. And when my mom took me, I was like, I'm not going like I don't want to go and she was like because I didn't go to like pictures or anything she just like dropped me off that's so sad (laughs) I know and I was like talking to a few people there but I like really didn't want to be there and my mom was like come on like you'll go you'll have fun you'll like see your friends I'm like what friends yeah she was like Helen will be there I was like I wasn't no she won't (laughs) okay keep going about she called you oh she was just like we're gonna miss you like she was obviously very compassionate um so that did kind of make me feel like she cared about me but i didn't feel like she cared about everyone else so that made me a little uncomfortable because like especially with you like wanting to get the salad bar i was 
really in favor of that. And I was so impressed that you like collected all those signatures and stuff. Like I admired that you did that and was like grateful that we were going to have a salad bar. So then that was, that showed me kind of her true colors. For that situation too, is it's like, I felt like, because I wasn't in sports, I wasn't in any clubs at that school, so I felt like I needed some type of, like, project, and I also was just grossed out by the food at that school and the whole food situation. Like, we talked about this last night. There were, at all times in that refrigerator in the cafeteria, there were maybe, like, four to six salads available, which (laughs) I I just thought it would have been, like, fun to have a salad bar, so... I had a meeting with her and was like, I think it'd be great if we had, like, another option. Like, it sounds like some people want a salad bar. Like, what would we have to do to, like, try to get that happening? And I feel like they tested it out one day. They you, had it. Yeah, they, they set it, it up. They yeah. set it up. They tested it out. It was a big hit. And that was after I got all the signatures. I got signatures from, like, students at the school from like every age or like every grade and then I got some alum signatures like I got your mom's signature I got other people that I like knew about that went there and I presented it to her and she made it seem like it was going to happen and then she was like well I just don't think like she gave me some bullshit response where she was like I just think like that's not like the direction that we're trying to go right now or like like, what we're trying to, like, we don't really have the resources for that right now. And I'm like, if you wanted to have the resources for it, you could. Because you have enough resources to hold a fucking pep rally every week. Plus, kids, the students are the ones, like, buying the salad bar. Like, right. paying for it. Yeah, and, it like, just the, the other foods, that it was very hard to find a healthy option. Like, I got fast food a lot there, even though I didn't want it. Because... I there just weren't any other options and like that was such an amazing thing for you to do as like a 14 year old like it's just awesome like that was something you could have written about in like a college essay like taking initiative like wanting to do something to better the community and it wasn't valued well and I also think like a huge issue I had with that situation like within the scope of how they marketed the school and like the values that they prided themselves on to go back to this point, like the female empowerment, like that was a big thing that they used to like draw people in and like believe in the philosophy of single sex schooling Mm -hmm. and like the benefits of it. And it's like female empowerment was fully embraced if it reflected like how they wanted to promote female empowerment it's like which was only to gonna be to like a there was gonna be a threshold because it's a catholic school and women aren't even considered equal in the catholic church so that's not very empowering and even if you're not like harping on the fact that women aren't allowed to be priests that women aren't equal it's it's internalized by everyone because it's in like the official teachings that are gonna come out everyone's having to take religion class everyone has to go to mass those things become internalized so it's pretty hard to argue that any catholic organization is empowering to women right yeah so i mean those are like i feel like everything we've even talked about from beginning up until this point are really good examples of 
us trying to like fit within the system and work with it while bringing like our own personal takes on things to the table and it just being like rejected and making us feel like we're like stupid or wrong for trying to like personalize it to ourselves like right makeup learning styles salad bars health empowerment like our spin on those things weren't accepted by the institution and then we're just made to feel like idiots right and I definitely see like so many ways in both of our lives that we internalized those messages it really had a lot of negative impacts on us and we get together and we like laugh about um our funny memories in catholic school all the time because like if we we have to laugh at the absurdity of it otherwise we'll cry (laughs) (laughs) seriously both of us are like completely (laughs) anti-catholic yeah like Mm -hmm. it's it's just, it's homophobic, racist, sexist, misogynistic. It perpetuates sexual violence. It's arguably, like, a violent institution. Um, so we're going to keep, like, telling these stories. And some of them will be funny. Some of them will be serious. And some everything in between. <laughs> for the worst. But, I mean, like, also at the end of the day, like the bad like comes the good and like we're able to reflect on the good I maybe not good things that we've taken away from it but like the fact that we've shared experiences and like I talk to my parents about this all the time like if we hadn't gone to Catholic school like we might not know each other and like that's a good takeaway from the experience but at the end of the day we also experienced a lot of fucked up shit right yeah it's an individual benefit from like a system of abuse yeah so i always feel like the good things like don't outweigh the bad Mm -hmm. no no it the good things aren't enough to like make the bad things okay right but i do think it's healthy that we're able to talk about them and both acknowledge that the things we were going through as kids were not right or healthy but nobody was like (laughs) intervening I'm about to bring a financial Boaz into your life Thanks for listening to our first episode of Jezebel and Friends. To learn more, follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Ailish Boyd and Helen Q. Passon. Ailish Boyd is spelled E-I-L-I-S-H-B-O-Y-D. And Helen Q. Passon is spelled H-E-L-E-N-Q-P-A-S-I-N.